Good afternoon. This is Allendale Market Talk, Episode 9. This is Greg McBride. I am uh, joined by a very special guest today. I kicked Mike out uh, for the week, and I am uh, joined by Chairman of the Board, Paul Georgie. So, Paul, thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you. It's good to be here, Greg. So, uh, we asked Paul on, and, and since we started this, um, uh, this podcast, Paul, one of the things I've been thinking about, and I know Mike's been thinking about it a lot, too, is, you know, Let's kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. Let's talk about how we got started because we're on year 35 now. 35 years. I mean, this is this kind of defies the odds when it comes to this type of a, an industry. Well, it sure does because when I started in the business, it was like if you could last five years, you were really uh, had a lot of longevity in the uh, industry. So we've done uh, we've done accomplished a lot. It uh, it feels good. I think we've probably got another thirty five years in us if we can uh, uh, stand the changes and uh, and the excitement that's ahead of us. Right. Well, what I know you're from uh, Southern Illinois. Um, was your family farming? What What was your background? Well, we I grew up on a small uh, livestock grain farm down in Southern Illinois, a little town called Trenton, Illinois. Uh, lived there till I was about 14 years old and we moved to uh, New Baden and we grew up on a, a rented farm. Uh, my dad also worked off the farm as a truck driver and uh, hauled grain and things like that. So, but we always had livestock and, uh, and I joined 4-H. I had 4-H projects, uh, had uh, beef cattle as a project and really got excited about animals and they, and, uh, in agriculture, I didn't think I'd had a, I could be a veterinarian, but I, I wanted to work with animal and animal production. And from there, I went to a, a junior college, a Kaskaskia Junior College, for two years with the idea of transferring to Southern Illinois University. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a very good animal husbandry program, is what they called it at that time. Now it's animal science, but uh, they had a great program at, at SIU. So I went down there. The following, the, my junior and senior year, uh, was on a judging team, got involved uh, with the livestock judging team. We traveled around the U.S. doing that. Uh, and then my senior year, I actually was on a dairy judging team, which is a whole different ball of wax. But uh, it, was, uh, it was fun. And uh, from there, I had, the, I had an opportunity to be an extension agent or be a feeder cattle order buyer and work go up to Northern Illinois. And I talked to the, uh, uh, the Dean of the School of Agriculture, uh, became a friend of mine and I asked him what, uh, for his advice. Right. He says, Paul, don't be an extension advisor. You've got, you're with your skills and your ta talent, you're better off with the feeder cattle. I don't know if he meant that I just wasn't smart enough to be an extension <laughs> guy or what, but uh, I took it as a positive and and went the uh, the feeder cattle so order buyer. You route. picked up so, steaks. You moved uh, you moved to Northern Illinois. Was that uh, Crystal Lake here, or was it? Uh, it was Henry? a town called Big Rock, and uh, I think you and I have talked about that before. There's just a big rock in the middle <laughs> of the town. That's how it got its name. But uh, it was a real small town, and uh, uh, worked as a feeder cattle order buyer for about a year, year and a half, and then feeder cattle prices. That was 1974, and then the cattle prices went up sharply and then they went down sharply and uh he laid me off and then i uh came to work up here at bull valley semitol which is a purebred 
Semitol operation. And uh, that was where a lot of excitement and, and uh, because we did so many different things. We did embryo transplant. We did uh, heat synchronization where you could breed a whole bunch of cows at one time and have calves at the same time of year. And we put bulls and AI studs and it was just a, a real exciting time. And then interest rates jumped in okay. the early 80s and uh, went through the roof and they were highly leveraged. They shut down. And then I had a family at that point in time. I had three children, a wife and a house to pay for. And uh, I realized that, you know, I was out of a job basically because they went, uh, they filed bankruptcy. And, and from that point, I said, I got to do something where I can control my own income. I was say, and, you got to be running scared a little bit at that point. Well, I was more than scared. I was, <laughs> I was petrified because I had, to, I had to do something. And so I got into the, I learned about the brokerage business and that I could still be involved in, in agriculture through the farmers that we work with. And uh, that's really how I got here in a, in a short story anyway. But uh, glad I made that decision because I didn't know anything about being a broker. Uh, and uh, learned on the on the run, and uh, the whole idea was to try to help producers understand the futures market, sure. and that's we still do that today. So it's uh, it's that's an ongoing uh, situation. Well, one of the one of the stories that I've heard you tell numerous times, and I, I absolutely love this story because it really does kind of show how tough this this industry is. Is you talk about. You go to, I think it was when you went to Chicago for a training. Um, you want to pick it up right there? And I just, can yeah. pick it up there. I, and I tell the story a lot, because, and it's amazing that, that we are here. But first class I went to, I started with Heinold Commodities, and I went to a training class. And the first day, the instructor, presenter comes in, and he says, there was 20 of us in the room. And uh, he says, within two years, there's going to be five of you left in the business. And within five years, there's going to be one of you left in the business. And honestly, I looked around and I go, I don't know where all these other guys are going to be working because I am going to survive. I got to yeah. because I got a family yeah. to take care of. And it is unbelievable how that happened. I followed a lot of the people through the through that time. And uh, and actually, there was uh, two of us survived. Uh, I was at an RJO function uh, oh, several years later, probably 15 years later, and here one of the guys that actually was kind of a friend of mine because we spent like a month together and uh, he was still in the business. So two of us survived it's and amazing. he's retired by now. So I'm the only guy <laughs> left at this point in time. Yeah, but that wasn't necessarily, uh, he made it. Uh, that was well, that's did. good. He so, did. Well, I think that, that kind of speaks uh, also, uh, you know, with the longevity that you've had in the industry, You've also had this, you know, you built Allendale from the ground up, and here we are 35 years later, and not only that, but you also have a handful of brokers and branch offices that have been doing this now for five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, yep. and it's, you're, you're finding a way to bring these people on and keep them, keep them successful and keep them growing. So what do you what do you think is is your secret to kind of uh, I don't know if it's development or you know preaching the customer service what do you what do you well, think Well I, I, it really isn't a secret because I'll share it with anybody it's just that you have to have a plan and you stick to the plan and our plan 
is that we want to take care of our customers. Our customers come first and do what the customer wants you to do. Uh, we don't handle managed accounts. We work with that individual customer. Every customer is different. As you know, Greg, you work with clients. Every guy's got a different opinion of what he thinks the market sure. might do. One guy might think it's going down. One might think it's going up. So you have, you've got to be the chameleon and you don't uh, tell him what he wants to hear, but you give him the facts. And yeah. I think that's lay it all out, lay it on the line. Yeah. So he can make that if he's still bullish or bearish, whenever you're yeah. done with the conversation, then you've done your job. And it's, it's about honesty mm -hmm. and integrity. And we've, stayed that way throughout our 35 years of, the, of being in business is we want to have that integrity. We continue to do that and we continue to do what we, what the customer expects us to do. And I, I think that's the reality, the branch offices and the, the brokers that have been with us. I mean, they've been with us for 10, 15 years. When I got in the business, the, some of the trainers said, if you got a broker that lasts a year and a half, you've, you've done well. I mean, that was the turnover in the right. brokerage business. Yeah. I mean, you've been with us for what, 10, 15 yeah, 10 years, years now. now yeah. So, I mean, uh, and we're proud of that. Uh, we're proud of the people that we got working for us. And, and as you know, our, our motto is if you do what we tell you to do, but that our principles, you're going to be successful. Well, and I think one of the, one of the other uh, things that really helps is, you know, it, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but I mean, obviously, with you being the founder of the company, you're you're the patriarch. You're the father, essentially, is that everybody kind of looks to you and and looks for that guidance and they get it. And, you know, it's it's funny because we've seen a, we talked about this in a, in a podcast a couple of weeks ago where we get that emotion built up and everybody gets all excited. I mean, on a date like today where we're down double digits in corn and or in beans and wheat you know, corn's down a nickel. It's, you get that excitement of, oh man, I don't know what to do. And one of the things that I've seen out of you over my, well, I think I'm coming up on 11 years now, but is you're the first one to come out and say, all right, everybody calm down, keep your heads. This doesn't really change anything. We just need to make sure we talk to our customers, keep them level-headed. Yep. And I think that, that leadership has has been one of the things that keeps those people here you know as far as brokers it also keeps our customers here is because they know they've got a solid base and they know they've got that support of okay my broker actually cares he's he's calling me to to say hey let's pump the brakes a little bit we don't need to make a rash decision we stick to the plan and we we move forward and at the end of the day we might have lost a little bit of you know, footing in the in the market, but it's going to come back. We're going to stay with where we where we think things are going to go. So, I think that's been a, a true testament to why we can keep people. For I so think long. a key one of the key things that you mentioned there is we talk to our customer. Uh, you know, if we're right, if we're wrong, the market goes down. If that customer doesn't have the mindset or the the finances to stay with a position, then he's got to get out. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say that to a customer because every broker wants the customer to stay in and may be successful, make money, trade, and do those things. Yeah. But as a broker, we've got to think about our customers. And, and that, to me, is, is 
the most important yeah. is if that customer the market goes down and he's got too big a position on then he needs to do something about it because you can't let the market always goes further than your pocketbook will allow it to go that's right. and uh and that's the thing that that i think we do and and try to do is communicate with it don't panic mm -hmm. tell the facts and you know ask the tough questions is this what you want do you want to stay in these positions? And those are the things that I think build that relationship of why we work with and have customers. I mean, I've got customers that have been with me for 30 years or so, 35 years, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's about taking care of that and communicating. So, I mean, we're not, you know, people think we're salesmen. Well, we're we're really not salesmen. We're a lot of different things right. of helping that customer, yeah. and we're part of their operation. We should I mean, be. We I mean, that's uh, if you want to be successful in the in the brokerage business. I think that's what you really need to be. You need to be uh, a part of that operation, and then you can actually help that individual. Now, you've over the over the last thirty plus years, thirty five plus years, you've you've seen the industry kind of change and ebb and flow from the, you know, you hear, you hear farmers talk about the tough times in the eighties. You know, we, we, it seems like about every 10, 12 years, we kind of go through that time and it's, it's rough in the industry itself, the actual just trading commodities. What have you seen since the eighties into the nineties and into the last, you know, five or 10 years, what what are some of the changes that that you've seen? You know, what, I know there's there's increased volatility, but you know, what are some of the things that you've seen uh, along the way? Well, I think that there has been change, and that there's going to continue to be change. But some of those things is certainly technology. Uh, I started in the early '80s in the in the futures uh, industry, and you know, you'd place orders over a hotline where you might have ten or 12 brokers and they take the order uh, to a phone clerk on the trading floor of the board of trade. Then they send those orders into the pit and they throw them in a, on the floor and they'd have to root around. It might be two, three, it might be a day before you ever knew if you were filled or not. So that is something that, that the way it was and it got better and better as the time went along. But, uh, technology has been a, a huge factor. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so when you had that kind of a situation, that customer didn't know if he was sold or if he was bought, whatever he was trying to do, he didn't know where he was until two, three hours later. Right. Today, we know instantly. Mm -hmm. We know because it's electronic, we know where the, you know, if you talk to a customer on the phone and he wants to buy something at the market, you can give him a fill immediately. And then you can also put another order in that says, I want to take profits at this level. And he knows, right. you know where you stand. And that I think is really the most important thing that we've got over time. Uh, and that's how it's changed. I mean, the, the brokers had the way brokerage have changed brokers that have not embraced technology, I think are being hurt in today's environment because they can't keep up with it. There is the younger traders the younger farmers have got a cell phone they have they know what's going on in the markets and they 
need quick response. So right. you've got to be able to give that service. Well, that's right. And 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 you know our customers, uh, you know, these farmers, their their technology has has increased. I mean, the the amount of data that they that they see on a daily basis for just in when they're planting or or when they're harvesting, they can see everything in real time. I think that that's the key is that we're going in that direction of everything is instant gratification. We, we, you know, if, if something takes more than a millisecond to come back and give me a response, that's probably too long. So that begs the question now, and I know you know this, and I'm kind of leading you along here, but um, through your work with the, with the NFA, security has become a huge issue now. You know, where, where does that go as, as we continue to evolve and we continue to go down the path of, uh, of the, the Internet uh, connectivity era? Um, where do you see that going? Well, I think it, you know, that's going to continue to uh, change, morph into something different. Uh, but, you know, those are, I guess the real answer to that question is we continue to, to focus on different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, we would focus on uh, the telephone. Mm-hmm. We had to have a telephone to put it in. And then and I'd give you an example. We had a broker here that and you might have been here when he was still around but he he tra- he was an older person and he moved from uh the through the change in the industry we were calling in all of our phone all of our orders and calling in and one and then we went to to get him to use the computer was another oh it was a big task he didn't <laughs> want to put orders in electronically and then all of a sudden, the, the Internet's down one day, and he can't put any orders in electronically, and he jumps up from his desk. Now what am I going to do? And it's like, pick up the phone, because that's <laughs> the way we've done it before. It's like, he forgot all about it. It was so focused. And that and that's what happens. We've got to be able to to change, still figure out how to get the yeah, job done. It's thinking on and, your uh, feet and making And yeah. getting that done. And, you know, vol- it helps volatility. It helps volume. And I think that's the the speed of the the internet and the trading has helped us and helped our volume tremendously. Mm-hmm. How does it change the security aspect? I think everybody needs to be aware of that. Every user of the internet, the FCM, RJ O'Brien is certainly aware of it. Mm-hmm. That's why they continue to change and make it more difficult to access customer information. And we got customers that are, ah, I don't like it. Da, da, da. But it's really for your safety be, right. is why we do those things. And I, I think that will continue to change. You know, will they go to facial recognition, voice recognition, whatever? You know, there's a lot of uncertainty with that at sure. this point in time. But, you know, we're going. security is going to be extremely important. The NFA looks at it because they worry about data, customer data, all of those things. So, yeah, that's that's important. But... You know, right now we've got a lot of things in place, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully we can continue to stay ahead of the the hackers. Well, good. The um, I guess with you know as we start to kind of wrap this up, and I, I would love to be able to to do another one of these you know later on, but um, we're starting to uh, not necessarily we're starting to shift gears here at Allendale. Next week, Mike is going to sit down with your sons, John and Steve. Um, they're, they're VPs, and you know John's a VP now, and Steve's the president of the company. And I guess 
what I'm what I'm wondering is, you know, obviously you're you're starting to, to push push more of the the day to day operations on them and and give them the the tools that they need to be successful when you decide that you've you're ready to to retire. You know, you're getting to that point. What excites you about the way about what you've built here? I mean, you you know, you said you said earlier. You could see us going another 35 years. Hopefully it's longer, but you can see us going down that road. What excites you about, about the way we're well, going? I think the way we're going, I mean, the excitement to me is the youth that we have, like yourself and, and Steve and the rest of the guys in our office are, are young. They're exciting. They want to take us down, lead us up the, the mountain. They need somebody to, to guide them, to keep them on path. And I think we all do in, in life. We need that guidance mm-hmm. and, and, uh, to keep us there. I intend to be around a long time. I got a few customers I still work with and still enjoy that. Uh, the thing is in this business, the only thing age might hurt you if you don't remember what you're doing. And that I hope I uh, stop before I make an error doing that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the true excitement is to see that John and Steve are willing to take it on, uh, to take on the, the management of Allendale to keep, I think they've been around me for a lot of years, 40, 40 some years now. And they, uh, uh, they know my philosophies and hopefully they can stay with that. Uh, it seems like it's worked in the past, but you've got to be able to, to, uh, uh, embrace the change, embrace youth as well, because, uh, the brokerage industry itself, a lot of the brokers are getting older. Sure. They're wanting to retire. So is there going to be a place for it? I think there is, and I think there will continue to be a place for brokerage because just the customers will are busy doing things. And as we see our clients become larger, mm-hmm. uh, you know, farmers, when I started, they were probably averaging five, 600 acres. And uh, now five or 6,000 acres is normal right. and is small in some cases. So they need to... Uh, they need to focus on many different things. So they need somebody like us that will look out for them. They don't need a broker that's going to trade back and forth. They need somebody that will actually look out for their interests. Right. And that's where I think we will continue to uh, thrive and and, uh, and we should strive to, to go into that area as well. So uh, I'm, I think there's a place for us. I think there's a place for any broker that's willing to to do that, any person that, uh, but it, to me, it's still all about taking care of that customer. Right. If we don't have a customer, yeah, don't have a treat, treat every yeah. guy like they're your last. Yeah. And treat them. You meant, you mentioned that I was, I've been around for so long and the patriarch and so forth. And, and yeah, I've here been here a while, but I, I look at as the brokers, I look at all of you guys as family mm-hmm. because you know, we, we want to do the same thing. We want to achieve, we want to achieve, we've got the same goals of taking care of our customers. And that, that to me is the exciting thing when I look back and from a distance and say, yeah, it's running without me. And, uh, you know, and to see people happy is, is a good thing. Fantastic. Well, I got one more question for you and you may want to put your thinking cap on, but you and I, uh, we go back, uh, you know, beyond when I started working here. But one of the things that we've talked about on and off for about the last, you know, 10, 11 years is uh, you sitting down in your cabin writing a book. 
Have you thought a, a little more about that? And and uh, given your your history and your your longevity in this industry, would it be about futures? Would it be about animal sciences? Would it be about your family? What are you thinking? Are you still thinking about that? Well, you, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a, a very good question. Actually, I am thinking about it. I'm in the process of uh, working on it right now. Uh, and, you know, I don't know what the title of it's going to be. <laughs> uh, and I don't know the real direction of it yet. But I'm putting thoughts together, trying to to get, uh, get some facts put down so we can uh, write it in a way that uh, somebody will want to read it. So... Uh, uh, that is being worked on. I don't know if uh, it would be nice to be, it would be great to go to a cabin and just sit and think about it for a while, but then I get distracted about all the other things that's going on in the <laughs> you world. See, so. You see a rabbit or something. Yeah, a rabbit, or you start thinking about all the things that I, what's going on at the office and uh, things like that. So uh, I'm sure it'll come. We'll, uh, we'll get something put together here soon, and uh, maybe we can even do a, a podcast on it at some well, time. That'll be exciting. Keep us posted. So, well, we'll uh, we'll call it a day for uh, for right now. Uh, I definitely, Paul, I appreciate you coming on. You know, like I said, first special guest that we've had. Obviously, we couldn't have we couldn't have Allendale without you. So, um, we appreciate uh, everything you've done for us, and um, I would definitely love to have you on uh, in you know a month, two months, and just uh, kind of come back and and maybe just have a a market chat with you. At some point, you that okay would be with that? great. I'm uh, I'm available, and you just let me know when you need <laughs> me. Where, I'm here. I know where to find you. Know you know where to find me. All that's right. right. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna do Mike's job since I, I gave him the day off. Uh, you can get a hold of us at allendale-inc.com. That's allendale-inc.com. 800 to market. That's 800-262-7538. You can reach us on Twitter. I think we do smoke signals now. So uh, that's all the time we've got. This is Greg McBride and Paul Georgie. Have a great week.